listening to the Sermons Podcast for Ottawa Baptist Church. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged by this week's message. Over the last number of weeks, the youth ministry went through a series that is four weeks long. We had shrunk that down from the previous five-week one that we had done beforehand. And this morning, I'm going to try and give you that in 15 minutes. The youth are so happy about that, they're like, don't believe you. But so over the next few weeks, we want to encourage, bring your families, let's have a good time, Um, let's keep it lighthearted, but let's also be challenged by what God's up to uh, for us as a community. Summer is a perfect time to be challenged uh, for the whole year ahead. It's a good chance to reevaluate, to take stock, to settle down, to go go to the beach with the kids, and to take some time to go, what should the year look like? What should I be intentional about? And so this morning, I get to kick off the year by talking about truth and grace. Now, when the youth group did this, we personified truth and grace. Uh, We had Eugene, truth and grace, flower child. And to us, they were the extremes. We would hear their diaries every week, and they were the extreme of someone who was a Christian, but is perhaps a little bit too far on the grace end. And we all know those people, the people who will say things like, um, you can only be saved by grace uh, through faith. That's it. That's, they, they cling to those verses. And then the other end, we had Eugene Truth. And Eugene Truth would be almost a modern-day Pharisee, someone who clung to the law. This is true, black and white. You cannot have this weird gray area. And he was the kind of guy who would cling to verses like, um, you will know him by his deeds. And so uh, we personified that, and we looked at that, and we, we looked at the, the Scriptures through the eyes of John. And we particularly went through 1 John, but this is a theme throughout all of John's um, writings. And so, didn't, oh, there we go, thank you. Um, John, a Boanega. John, a son of thunder. John is one of my favorite characters because uh, he took the time, he's so relatable, he took the time to canonize the fact that he was faster than Peter. Like, I love that. Here's this competitive guy, and he's like, guess what, Peter? The world is going to know for the next few millennia that I outran you to the tomb. <laughs> I love that. And then, uh, and then, so this is this guy who canonizes things. And he never really talks about himself. He always talks about himself in the third person. And he always talks about himself as the beloved one. So how did he go from being a Boanega, a son of thunder, to calling himself the Beloved One. Sons of Thunder, not because he was uh, gluten intolerant, but Sons of Thunder because he was one of the brothers who had potentially anger issues or temperament issues. And so here's this guy who goes from being a bit of a, a, bit of a hardcore rager dude to the Beloved One. What is the heart transformation that has gone on in his life? And as we read through First John, and as we read through John's scriptures, we see a guy, and we see this theme of grace and love coming through. And I think often we go, man, John's gospel, they're all about love. John's letters, they're all about love. Love, love, love. But they're always tempered with some truth. And we almost forget that every like second verse is him going, as the scriptures say, as the law says. And so through John's writings, we see this tension of truth and grace. 
And I, we've got some kids in here this morning, it's family service, so I thought we'd better make it fun. And we're going to test tension. And so I need some muscly dudes this morning. Muscly ladies too, that's, that's cool. Um, but we, we, need a, we, need a, we need to see how tension plays out in life. So I need some young people, Harry, Yannick, I need you, you maybe you guys are our anchors. Uh, Simon, Logan, come on up, yeah, yeah, young fellas. You guys are looking great. Maya wants to be a part of it. Maya, oh, she's a, don't want to break your arms. Okay, so I need this even spread on each end of this, um, and you might need to sit down. Is that okay? You guys will still be able to see, yeah? And then I think we need some of the kids in the audience. Yes. So come sit down here, Logan and Simon. Just sit down, grab the, grab the, yeah, grab a hold. You guys are going to need to hold this tight. I think the word is taut. Okay. Yeah, some kids? Awesome. All right, we'll try this one at a time. So, maybe we'll need a bigger person to see if we can really create some tension. So, I'll get you big, you little guys. You little guys come over here. You can understand. Okay, that's good. Come, come over here, young ones. So, what we've got here is our grace people. We've got Logan, and we've got Simon, and, and look at them. They're all gracious and lovely, and and they're the type of people that will forgive and they will constantly extend love and they're the, probably the type of people who go like, oh, do I want to go to church? Meh, maybe. Does it matter? Eh, I'm saved by faith. Like, you know, like, we all know those people and we love them and we need them in the kingdom. My hope and prayer is that they're also coming along as they're forming as in their Christian faith. And at this end, we have our, our, our Eugenes, our truth, our law people. And it's really important tension that they hold where the law is important. For our faith journey, for, for Christ to be forming our life, we need His Word to be affecting us in our daily decisions, in the way we walk, the way we talk. We need God's Word to be influencing that. And this is what these guys are. And so what I need you guys to do, you sitting down people, is to pull this tight enough that our young people here can tightrope from one side to the other. Can we, can we attempt this? No pressure. Yeah, good. Brace yourself. You got, yep. Okay. Who's going to be first? You, you guys might need to, you guys might need to come. Help. See how they're bracing themselves, Yannick? Maybe, maybe you and Harry need to do the same. Come, come closer. I tested this once, but I had them like this far apart. <laughs> so, young dude. What's your name, young dude? What's your young? Stuart? Yeah. Cool name, man. All right. Do you, reckon, do you reckon you can do it all by yourself from one side to the other? No? I'll, I'll be your guide. I'll help you get up. How about that? Do you reckon you can? Let's go, dudes. Oh, oh there's not a lot of tension there. Maybe we need some more muscles out there. Do we, have, do we have two more people, maybe, that we can add to our truth and grace ends? Toby? Toby, we need some, some muscles. Steve, you're strong. Good man, good man. All right. We need more tension. Okay, we're going to go again. Bit of tension. The importance of tension. <laughs> Shall we? Are you ready? You ready, Yannick? Dig it in, mate. There we go. Oh, oh, all right. Okay. Okay. Do we have a gymnast? Yeah, yeah. Come on. You're a little bit lighter. How many people do you think we need to do my weight? In our f- oh, give her a hand, give her a hand. Whoa, it's pretty good, pretty good. Do we have another young person who wants to have a go? Yeah, go on. 
Look at these guys, they're like sweating bricks. <laughs> so, the, uh, do, you, do you need a hand up? Oh, yeah. and with Crocs. <laughs> Thank you guys, you better grab a seat before Yannick pops a vein. The importance in our faith journey to be allowing God to work on our life requires an intentional decision on our behalf each and every day. As we choose, as we choose to follow Jesus each and every day, when we wake up and decide, I want Jesus, we need to be both aware that there is a grace element to this, that Christ did save us through faith alone, through his actions, we are saved. And no, no, no amount of works we can do will save us. However, once we are saved, there is a formation process as Christ works on us, and that requires the truth. There's a really cool scripture that gives us a really good example of this. Come with me to John's writing and John's 8. Uh, many of you will know this passage. This is when the Pharisees, the keepers of the law, super Eugenes, would bring, uh, they brought a lady who had uh, made a few mistakes to Jesus, and obviously they're trying to trap him, and they had a few other things going on, but what, uh, they were coming and trying to trap him and say, here's this woman, the law says she must be stoned and put to death. And this is what happens next. They kept demanding an answer, so he, that is Jesus, stood up and said, all right, stone her. But let's, let those who have never sinned throw the first stones. Then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest. Could you imagine being one of the observers? And here's these like dudes with their black cloaks and everything and their hats religious dudes, and they show up and they throw this woman into the middle, and they're like, you must do this, and then Jesus is like, eh, how about this, and they would have all been standing around with their stones, ready, and how awkward must it have been in that moment when they self-reflected, and they realized that God, Jesus, <laughs> had just smashed them with some grace and some truth. The tension in that circle, in that space, must have been palpable. You must have been able to cut it with a knife. These guys brought the law, and Jesus matched them with grace. And we see this fantastic tension play out. If you keep reading, we see these bringers of the law... Uh, Bring this woman, and then we have Jesus in verse 9 saying, When they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the elders. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Jesus straightened up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, sir. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Grace. Despite the law saying something else, Jesus extends grace. But then he says, go your way, and from now on, do not sin again. There's the law. 
See, once they come to know Jesus, there is this need to form. There's a need to, um, as we make this daily decision, there is a desire and a, des- and a consequence of knowing Jesus that requires that our lives will be shaped by him. We can't just say, yes, I love Jesus, and then park him in the corner. That in fact, our lives as believers, we are called to live in truth. My clicker's not working anymore, Francois. Thanks, mate. We are called to live in truth. As believers, there is a consequence to our daily decision to follow Jesus that means his word needs to affect our life. There is a truth, and it needs to affect our life. There is a request, there is commands, love one another, love God. There is, a, there is a plan that God has to form your life, and it is written in his word for you and I. We need to make a serious decision each and every day to allow God's truth, his word, to form and shape our lives. And by contrast, or rather hand in hand, we as believers are called to live in grace. As believers, we are called to extend grace as Christ has extended it. And as believers, we are called to live in that grace every day. When we wake up every morning to celebrate that not by works, but by faith alone. Do we live in that space each and every day? Or do we, have we come to the point in our lives where going to church and doing these things and doing the truth side of it has taken over a little bit and all of a sudden it becomes about works again? Even repentance. If we start to repent in such a way that it becomes um, a work in our life, it starts to remove the grace element. It is so important to live and walk and to extend the grace extended to us. I'm going to skip this. I'm going to skip that. I'll skip that slide, if that's all right. Back to tension. Running out of time. Back to tension. This is my guitar. It has a name, Cordy. Cordy B. Young people got it. And the thing about a guitar, Martin and Company, they make beautiful guitars, and I love this one. It comes from Mexico, and it makes a beautiful noise, as it was intended to. But the thing is, if we go about tuning our guitar the way we want to, if we start listening to the world around us and we start to to act in such a way and do things in such a way and live in such a way and we start doing that like the way the world does, each to his own, you do you. Doesn't quite sound right anymore, does it? And then we start singing the way the world sings, maybe a bit like Cardi B. And we start singing these songs. It sounds okay. Mama pushed that to the ground. And all of a sudden, we start sounding like the world around us. And likewise, we can start to do tune it ourselves, and, and we start to offer more and more grace 
and oh, it's, oh, yep, it's, it's sounding okay. And we give more grace to people and it gets looser and looser and then we start to sing. You do you, you do you, you do you and I'll do me. And again, it's off. And I, at the moment, I don't have a band with me, but if I had a band with me, I could even tune it to the point that it sounds correct. I could work on my life and I could, I could tune it and tune it and tune it and it get to a point where it does sound pretty good. But then is my song one that brings God glory? Is it me? Look at me, look at me. I'm pretty cool and white hairy legs. Please come with me to the coffee corner. Cause my life is all about me. It's not how it's meant to go, right? Our life should be tuned in such a way that God is the one who is tuning it. That he is loosening and tightening uh, our strings so that his creation sounds as it was intended. And that is to give him glory. Sing with me, how great is our God. Oh, we'll see how great, how great is our God. There's beautiful tension, and all of a sudden there's a sound in the room that gives God glory. Because we are trying our best to live in truth and in grace. I have one final verse I would love to share with you from John, if that's okay, Francois. John said in his first chapter, for the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Christ Jesus. Even here, we're seeing a, a truth and a grace together. When it's talking about the law, it is talking the truth. And, the, and it was given to the people of God for a reason. It was a system of learning. God had a plan to form his people so that they may change the world. Does his law, does his word impact you every day? in such a way that you are being formed by Christ, in a way that you are impacting and changing the world around you. Is Christ impacting the world through you? The word truth here, truth there, <laughs> is uh, translated as reality, revelation. Grace and the truth, the reality, the revelation comes through Christ alone. God was molding and shaping and is molding and shaping his people through the law. But salvation, revelation, the reality of our lives comes through truth and grace 
that can only come through Christ Jesus. For us as believers, for us as, the, as people who call on Jesus each and every day, do we wrestle with this? Today, I need to offer that person a bit more grace. They're going through a hard time. They're doing their best, and they don't yet know Jesus. I'm not going to hammer them with the law that they must partake in the first fruits feast. No, I'm, I'm, I'm going to extend to them some grace and try and share who Jesus is. Do we have our brothers and sisters around us when they mess up? Do we come to them with truth and edification? And there's obviously two ways to do that. We can come to them and say, bro, that was bad, you're excommunicated from my life because you're a terrible influence. Sometimes that's unnecessary. However, usually, isn't it? Usually it's just a hard, tense, awkward conversation that says, bro, you messed up. In truth and grace, I come to you and say, hey, let's work on this together. Or, hey, man, that's a funny theology you have. How about we sit down together and we work through that? Truth and grace should define our each and every day, should define our life. And as we go from here, it is my prayer for you and myself that we wrestle with this. Each and every relationship, each and every conversation we have, do we bring both truth and grace? Let me pray. Lord, I just want to thank you for this church this morning. And that it is one of many in Aotearoa that are here to praise you and worship you. And though we have differences, though some people are on different spaces along this rope, we all belong to your kingdom. And so as we pray this morning, as we as we look to be formed by you and shaped by you and that each and every day we become that little bit more like you. Help us to press into the moments of extending grace and living in grace and, and help us to, to see and to hear your truth and apply it to each and every situation. Lord, we thank you that you are working on our lives. And for anyone in here this morning, Lord, who, who doesn't yet know your truth and grace, I want to pray for them, especially this morning. May they experience your grace and your revelation. May they know who you are and the amazing things that you, Christ, God, did for us. Thanks for checking out our sermons podcast today. For more information on Ottawa Baptist Church, please visit our website at www.ottawabaptist.com.